Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here's your host, Price Atkinson. Less than two weeks to go until the start of the 2019 college football season. And this is the start of Episode 2, Season 3 of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. And I am your host, Price Atkinson, once again going to take you through another episode of Yards and Stripes. Thanks to everybody for making us a part of your week, for downloading, subscribing, listening to another episode as we get you ready for Army, Navy, and Air Force football. The season, once again, is less than two weeks away. It cannot get here quick enough. I don't know about you guys. I certainly have got the excitement. I've got the wiggles. I got the jiggles. I need a kickoff, folks. I need a pigskin flying. We're going to get it this weekend, actually. A couple teams are going to open up, including that high-profile matchup down in the Sunshine Sunshine State between Miami and the Florida Gators. But our teams will be kicking off and in action starting next Friday night in a pair of games on Saturday. Army going to open things up on Friday night, next Friday night, that is, at Mikey Stadium. But we got a lot to do here this week as we continue getting you ready for the 2019 season. Last week, you heard from Coach Jeff Munkin. This week, you're going to hear from Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun. He's yet to name a starting quarterback. We're going to find out a little bit more about that from him a little bit later here in the episode. Also, conversation with Sal Interdonado, the longest-running beat writer for the Army Black Knights. Covers them for BlackKnightNation.com. Expert on Army football has been doing it longer, I think, than anybody else in the media. So I can't wait to talk to my good friend Sal Interdonado a little bit later. And, of course, certainly the Air Force head man, Troy Calhoun, beginning his 13th season at the helm of the Falcons. Uh, Let's go ahead and get to a couple news and notes. Before we move forward, again, a couple guest interviews. I know you guys are itching, ready to hear them. But some news and notes just to pass along is all three teams are starting to wind down August camp this week as they will really turn full preparation uh, this weekend to their upcoming opponents in that first week of the season. But news and notes I mentioned, big news for former Army Black Knight Center Brett Toth. He has signed a contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. Congratulations to Brett Toth, now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, standout offensive lineman, one of the most underrated in my book in college football last year. Absolutely outstanding. Just huge, huge congratulations for that opportunity to Brent Toth. Staying with Army, the Army-Navy game has been sold out. No shock, folks. It sells out every single year. It's one of the hottest tickets in college athletics. Well, I hope you got your tickets now because there are no more. No surprise, but that game in December is technically listed now as a sellout as of this week. Staying with Army and Navy, respectively, Kelvin Hopkins Jr., the quarterback for Army, and Malcolm Perry, the signal caller for the Navy midshipmen, both named to the Johnny Unitas uh, Golden Arm Watch List. So congratulations to Kelvin Hopkins and Malcolm Perry. Preseason watch list. I don't even know personally why they do those things, uh, but that that is out. It's just some more PR that the award, and obviously the schools get, but it's just so hard. I mean, you can pretty much list every player in college football for every single position for some award. It's just so hard to pick early in the season, but congratulations to them. Also, Air Force announcing that their opener against Colgate uh, next Saturday. That one's going to be a TV contest broadcast on ESPN3. Also, Air Force announcing 
that a couple other kickoffs have been picked up uh, for broadcast on local network television. The November 9th game against New Mexico, that one will be shown on AT&T Sportsnet. And then the season finale, season finale for the Air Force Falcons, that one going to be Saturday, November the 30th against Wyoming. That one will be broadcast live on Facebook. So Air Force announcing that uh, their final three games have been selected for broadcast. Falcons have one remaining home kickoff that has not yet been announced as far as a kick time. That game against Utah State on Saturday, October the 26th, it will be televised by e- the e- uh, network on the, ES, uh, the ESPN network, family of networks. However, that kickoff time won't be announced until two weeks prior to the game. So a couple news and notes to get you through as we get ready to talk with the Air Force head coach, Troy Calhoun. That's coming up next. Then Sal Interdonato, the beat writer for the Army Black Knights. And then, of course, the way we wrap up every single podcast, the Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll, where we honor a member, a fallen hero who has given the ultimate sacrifice for our nation. That's what you're going to hear this week on Season 3, Episode 2 of Yards and Stripes. And we'll be right back with the Air Force head coach, Troy Calhoun, getting his Falcons ready to host Colgate coming up in the season opener. We'll talk with him next right here on Yards and Stripes. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, episode two of season three, rolling along here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football, and excited to talk with the Air Force head coach himself, Troy Calhoun, a 1989 grad of the Air Force Academy and getting ready to kick off his 13th season as, as the head coach of his Falcons and coach. With August camp starting to wind down, you're starting to turn your attention to Colgate a little bit. Is there anything you do to kind of in camp to give the guys, um, you know, a little bit of fun, you know, roll up an ice cream truck? Or is there any kind of way that you signify, you know, the end of August and the heat getting ready for the season? You know, I, I wouldn't say there's anything like that. Uh, we do on uh, we, we try to take the seniors one night and we'll have a steak grill night. Uh, and then the juniors will have another night where it's a burger grill night yep. um, with uh, with those classes. And I think more than else for our younger classes, especially those freshmen, but the sophomores too, anytime they have a chance to be a part of football, if they're the right kid, they realize that's the best part of their day. Absolutely. Well, let's get into it, Coach. Uh, finishing up August camp, uh, you know, I know you guys missed out on – a bowl game again last season. I mean, the record obviously was so much better than what it appeared at five and seven with, you know, several close losses. I believe five of the seven were by eight points or less. So you were right there. But, you know, the hunger for this team to get back to the postseason in the winning ways, you know, what is the – you don't have an identity yet. I know it takes time to develop that. But what have you seen from your team in August camp that that fire passion is there? We're going to get uh, Air Force back on the top of the Mountain West Mountain. Well, I, I don't think it's that reactive. Uh-huh. I know that makes for a little more spin and narrative, and we understand sure. that uh, that somebody maybe needs to. They, they think maybe there's a piece or you know or, or a, a clip that needs to be sold better in that regard. So if, if let's say last year you did win the Mountain Division yeah. <laughs> and uh, had a winning season and mm-hmm. won a bowl game, does that mean you're going to be less motivated this year? I, I, I don't think so. I don't sure. think that's the makeup of the young men and young women right. that are at the United States Air Force Academy. 
you said something recently, Coach, I thought was interesting, and you're quoted as saying, I believe, uh, quote, I think we're going to be a late-blooming team, and then you mentioned you thought we might be better in the back half of the schedule of you know this season. What What is it you think that this might be a late-blooming team in, in looking at the back half of that schedule? Well, I think any time you lose 30 seniors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're fortunate each one of those 30 uh, is now a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy. Sure. And they're going to be guys that do a heck of a job for us as uh, second lieutenants in the United States. They already are. Yeah. As uh, leaders and officers for our country. I just think any time you have to replace that many players, uh, it just takes a little longer till some of these other guys are exposed to football and are able to benefit from the experiences that they accrue throughout the season. And because of it, you play games, you learn from each one of the situations uh, that you're exposed to, and hopefully that benefits you once you get to those last five, six games. Continue with Coach Troy Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force Academy. Follow them on Twitter at AF underscore football and certainly coach himself at Coach T. Calhoun. And, Coach, I know certainly you're not going to tip your hand, tell us who a starting quarterback might be ahead of Colgate with us right here. But, you know, Isaiah Sanders, DJ Hammond the third, splitting some time, you know, in the scrimmages. What have you seen in the scrimmages as, as you've looked for some separation, looked to try and find which way you're going to go? I know ball security is always number one and paramount when you run the football as much as you do. But what is, if anything, has stood out between the two so far? Well, you answered a good chunk of it right there, just how uh, you know how critical it is to do a super job of being able to secure the ball. Yeah. Uh, and both guys are going to help us win this year. We, we probably don't get real, real caught up or enamored uh-huh. uh, with who the starter is. Cal, I think that was one of the things there. There was a pretty good run for about 12, 15 years where the New York Yankees were pretty darn good. <laughs> and they thought, hey, it's not only who the starting pitcher is. Sometimes who closes it matters, too. And sure. I don't think Mariano Rivera ever heard him just because he never started. Yep. No, to totally understand, and you know they they're they're similar and different players to a degree. I, I know one thing that you know one thing that I was really impressed with Hammond when he came in thrown into the fire last year. I mean, simply the ability to stretch the field with that arm, and he's got that big size, got a big cannon. I know Marcus Bennett and Ronald Cleveland are gone. Um, you know, but the, the the ability to throw the football at times when you might have to on say third and long, you know, third you know third and five, it's something that Hammond that you've gotten him where where you're really able to open it up a little bit and even you get his legs out in space. Well, perhaps you know, I think probably even more so when it comes uh, on on the earlier downs, maybe when I, you know, especially a play action pass. Yeah. Uh, now you got a chance on those earlier downs on a play action pass, maybe to really gain some sizable yards. Sure. One guy I'm curious about on the offensive side of the football is one of my favorite players that you've got on your entire team, and that's Cade Waggispack. And I was going back this morning um, and in the last couple weeks and looking, but I looked at his stats last year, and I zeroed in. I saw only nine catches last year. Now, a third of those were for touchdowns, where he had three touchdown receptions, but only nine catches. But it seems like so many of those nine catches were at big play moments. I just love the big playability in the guy that Cade Wagaspack is at that tight end position. Yeah, Price, he's a good football player for us. An excellent blocker at the point of attack. 
the versatility, whether he can line up literally in a three-point stance on the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. or to remove him uh, to be to be whether it's a perimeter blocker or the ability to run routes from a flex spot or a slot spot too. And so uh, we're glad he's back for a senior season. Absolutely. And, you know, moving to the defensive side of the football, we know that the high-flying Mountain West Conference, you know, guys like to throw the football around, uh, you know, the high-flying offenses of, say, the Nevadas of the world and uh, maybe Colorado statement. Boise has a little bit more balance. But, you know, secondary got picked on a little bit last season, but you got you got a lot of experience back, several starters. Is that a unit that you might see as a strength this season of the defense versus maybe a weakness? Well, we have experience there. You know, I think yeah. the part that's so beneficial, you look uh, at all three safeties. Grant Teal played a good bit of football for us last year. Jeremy fetched down, played a bunch as a sophomore, but it was always at corner. And, uh, and we had planned on him playing corner last season. In the middle of August, we had to switch him to a safety spot after we had a couple of guys get injured. So at least he's back in a familiar spot, uh, having had some experience there at the free safety now, being able to go all the way through spring ball in addition to August. And then uh, Garrett Capua has played. Uh, he, there have been stretches where he's been really, really involved the last two seasons. So there is more experience, especially at the safety spot. And each one of the corners, uh, whether it's Zane Lewis, James Jones, uh, Elisha Palm or uh, Trey Bug, all four of those guys have played college football. So I think that does uh, – you're a different player when mm-hmm. you've been to battle. Uh, and I think more than anything else, it's the focus, it's the intensity, and yep. and really just the way you attack the weight room uh, whenever you've played because you know how relevant and how helpful it can be to have more power, to have more explosive, more instant movement, too. Absolutely. I, you know, I know the, the secondary, those guys, uh, they're, they're certainly a lot happier when they see a couple defensive linemen getting into the backfield and being able to rush the passer. And you know, I know it was a little bit uh, of a struggle last year. Really good total defense statistically, but um, gave up 244 yards passing a game. But I mean, you got guys back this year, a guy like Dort, Jordan Jackson, you know, a, an all-Mountain West performer preseason first team, Again, this year, 6'5", at his size, prototypical defensive end. you got a, a, a massive uh, hole in the middle, and I don't mean hole negatively, a, a guy in uh, Mo Fafita that can clog the middle. You've got guys up front to be able to rush the passer, and, and I'm kind of curious about the development of Jordan Jackson to take his game yet to another level, and then in a guy like Fafita who's just got so much natural ability. Well, I mean, I, you, you look, ultimately, we're still big believers that you have to be pretty good up front. That's yep. on both sides sure. of the ball. Uh, with your offensive linemen, uh, especially and so frequently what we do uh, in regards to running the football and, and how complimentary it is to the play-action passes, and then certainly defensively, you got to be good up front. you got to be really, really good up front. And, uh, and it does help, again, that you have guys that have played Mm -hmm. and um we'll see we look forward to getting into the season and getting it rolling in uh, 10 days we get to kick it off you do and with colgate uh you know the opener a lot of people are going to see an fcs opponent is that first game for you guys on saturday afternoon august the 31st this isn't the average fcs opponent that you might bring in to try and beat up on and, and you know maybe say beat you know 50 to nothing get a lot of guys in the football game 
This is a Colgate team that won the Patriot League, went 10-2 and last year, undefeated in the league, knocked off perennial power, FCS power, James Madison, the first round of the playoffs. This is a formidable opponent you guys have in Colgate coming in for this first game. I know you're focusing, finishing up on camp, but what have you seen looking ahead to Colgate on film so far? Yeah, they're excellent. Uh, one of the five best teams at the FCS level, and quite frankly, we've seen – FCS teams here over the last 12 years or so, whether it was Delaware, um, Yale, Fordham, Stony Brook, that have defeated Service Academy. So we know how real that possibility is. All right, Coach, um, I, I know you don't like to put the cart before the horse. Nobody does, but I guess more from a program standpoint, I mean, you get to battle against Colorado State for that Ram Falcon Trophy, Ram Falcon Trophy every year. But this year, a new flavor is coming back onto the schedule. Not since 1974 has Colorado and Air Force met on the football field. You guys are going to be going to Boulder to start a home-and-home series. Um, You play up at Boulder at CU on September the 14th. What does it mean, I think, to maybe your program, your fans, to have this game once again be played, another in-state rivalry? Well, you know, it's not a home game for us, so you don't benefit it, uh, at least in terms of the gate. Um, you know, it is another opportunity to play against an outstanding program. Uh, you just look at the talent they've had over the years and then currently what they have. Uh, they started last year 5-0. and uh, They were uh, ranked 17th in the country and uh, returned pretty much every one of those key players from last season. And yet <clears throat> our guys are pretty good in terms of the focus of where it has to be. And right now in 10, ga- 10 days, we open with an outstanding Colgate team, and that's uh, – that's uh, certainly where we're going to be captive. All right, final question for you before we let you go, Coach. You obviously, an 89 graduate of the Air Force Academy, served our country, uh, You know, wearing the uniform, and you, you represent so many servicemen and women You know that are serving, uh, preparing to serve. You know, your young men that you're molding, helping teach, that are part of your program. You know, what's the one thing or things that you think about every Saturday when you run out of that tunnel, when you get the opportunity to lead your alma mater into battle on that football field each week? Well, there are going to be a lot more uh, important days that are ahead, yet I think at any time uh, the way you try to cherish and uh, realize how fortunate you are to be a part of college football, uh, our players feel that way, institutionally, our cadets and uh the leadership here at the United States Air Force Academy certainly uh, has immense respect for uh, for what we do in intercollegiate athletics, and then ultimately the preparation. Uh, those grounds, those uh, those seeds that are put in place. So on other days, I mean, you just look at the fruits that are derived in terms of um, being outstanding, whether it's flying a mission somewhere uh, a long, long ways away uh, in another sector of the globe. Yeah, you know all, all about that all so well, uh, planting those seeds and having gone through it yourself. And, you know, certainly we say thank you for your service, but also no doubt about it, thank you for the time uh, today, Coach, and having you on an episode two of another season of Yards and Stripes. Just good luck. We can't wait to see you come out of the tunnel against Colgate here next week. Yes, sir. Great stuff, Price. Thank you for being a part of your show. And again, Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun as the Falcons going to host Colgate Saturday afternoon, August the 31st, a 1.30 p.m. kickoff there locally 
against Colgate. Make sure you get your tickets uh, by going to the Air Force website to be there on Saturday as the Falcons open the season. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, you heard a little bit of the concern from, from Coach Calhoun right there. Falcon fans that think that you might be running over this Colgate team, this is a Colgate team, again, they went 10-2 and two last year, and as Coach mentioned, one of the top five teams in the FCS. They are capable of knocking off big boys on most any given Saturday. And so Air Force certainly, uh, say, the, say the obvious, is going to have to be dialed in with this team coming uh, to Falcon Stadium. But we're going to pivot here when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about the Army Black Knights once again. We heard from Coach Munkin last week, but this time coming up next, we got Sal Interdonado, the beat writer, covers Army football for BlackKnightNation.com. Excited to bring you that conversation as we peel back the layers and find out a little bit more about this Army team where expectations could not be sky high for the Black Knights again here coming up in 2019. Sal Interdonado is coming up next right here on Yards and Stripes. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, welcome back in episode two, Yards and Stripes, Service Academy football, and we're going to go up to New York right now, and we're going to talk with our good friend Sal Interdonado, beat writer for the Army Black Knights, has covered the Army Black Knights for a long, long time, knows this team in and out better than anybody else, I dare say, in the media. Check out his work, blackknightnation.com. Sal, welcome in, uh, welcome back, I should say, hadn't seen you since uh, the Army-Navy game last year, but... Boy, expectations sky high on the Hudson for Jeff Munkin's team coming off an 11-win season. How is he handling this? just simply these sky-high expectations after what they've done, this incredible, really, two-year run atop Service Academy football? Yeah, well, he's it's been a pretty, like, watching um, the Saturday scrimmage especially, it, it, he's, it's kind of been humbling, humbling for the team, you know, because, um, yeah, the expectations are high, but Coach Munkin, as, as all – college football coaches would say this is a new year with a new team with new players with new roles you know and uh you know Saturday's scrimmage did not go as smoothly as planned and uh it was a you know they talk about complacency and I'm not saying that there was complacency going on at the scrimmage on Saturday but uh it just didn't look as smooth and crisp as he wanted it so he's he's always harping on the, the players to to get better each day and I think that that's what they're trying to do here yeah after an 11 win season you know what's next for this team uh price we talked about last year after mm-hmm. the 10 win season what what could they do you know well they won 11 games they got ranked for the first time since 1996 and you know now what's next and you talk to guys like veteran guys like Jalen McClinton and you know his goal is a New Year's six day bowl his goal is personal goal for him his goal is to go undefeated so that's what this team is shooting for and now I mean it, you look at their schedule and you look at you know that one game on September uh, 7th at Michigan that's going to tell tell you a lot about this team you know that's going to tell you about what direction they're going to go in and um, you know yeah there's a lot of expectations but I think that right now they need to be curved because there's still a lot of um, position battles going on entering with two weeks left before the opener and uh, you know there's still a lot of question marks so yeah and that's one of the things that it's kind of a double-edged sword when you have that kind of success to stay hungry you know to me uh, uh, Jeff Munkin and that just that simply that fiery personality 
in the way he handles himself in practice and, and on the sideline during a game, just the way he gets fired up. Uh, you know, I, I just have a hard time seeing that complacency creep in. But, you know, as I mentioned, the other you know, side of the sword, I mean, you got 32 seniors returning. You know, you've, you've scaled the mountain, so to speak. I mean, there's still more that you want to do, clearly. You know, as you just mentioned, McClinton, you know, a New Year's Day Bowl, a New Year's Six Bowl. But just the other side of that is, you know, complacency and not letting that creep in with, you know, letting that kind of success you've had, you know, go to your head. Yeah, and I think they they have uh, enough experience and enough guys who've seen the field and have been a part of this run. You look at it, Price, this, this senior class has only experience winning at Army. Right. And that's something that you can't say for the longest time there. You know, so they, they – it takes they know the, the kind of work ethic it takes they know that maybe saturday wasn't the, the best effort but also on saturday in saturday scrimmage you had a lot of those experienced guys not um participating in the scrimmage like uh being held out of the scrimmage whether it be for things and nicks and stuff like that so uh you know you didn't see elijah riley you didn't see connor slomka you know those type of guys um cole christian might have played a, a few series and like that so i mean they're being smart in preseason with guys and you know holding guys out like peyton reader who will probably be the center this year um replacing bryce Holland, which is a key position for army he's just getting um his legs underneath them uh, like practicing fully uh during uh during their 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 time so i mean you know they they have enough experience that they can get through this i mean like i I think that michigan game will again will tell a lot about this team um there's some question marks, but you know, like you said, this is uh, West. This is West Point. This is um, you know, the, the Army football are some of the really, um, you know, they they really precision is their game, and they really have to fine tune that before uh, before race on August 30th. So yeah, continuous Sal Interdonado covers the Black Knights for BlackKnightNation.com. You know, more a lot more answers than question marks uh, when you got this much experience back, and you know, certainly a lot of the key the key positions. But you know, one of the units that is going to have some new faces this year. You know, on the, everything as we know starts up front, especially in the trenches when you run the triple option. But you got a few new faces, especially having to replace who I thought may have been the MVP of the entire team in center Brett Toth. Um, you got to replace your center. You're going to have a couple new offensive linemen, but on the defensive side of the football, that defensive line is going to have a lot of new bodies up there as well. Yeah, I mean, you look at last year, and Ray Wright and Wumio Ituga played a lot of the snaps there, and they uh, with Jay Bateman's defense, they did a lot where they just used two down linemen. So, I mean, they have some guys there. They have um, a couple other guys that they're looking for big things from this year. Jacob Covington, um, he played, he got he got his uh, time in last year as like a uh, a second or second team defensive lineman and uh, Jake Ellington. Those guys came in and were recruited as linebackers, and now they're 270 pound defensive linemen. I think the question mark will be, um, or what they're looking, see what happens is that nose tackle. You know, Ray Wright was uh, really a mainstay there last year and an unsung hero of the team. To be honest with you, those guys don't get any credit. Those nose tackles when they take up the up to three offensive linemen to open up the gaps for the linebackers to make plays. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think that they got Rod Stoddard, who's a senior, who who's who's a veteran player, seen some playing time here and there in games. Um, they got uh, Nick Stokes has really come on. He's a guy who they recruited as a tackle, and now he, I mean, they got, he looks like he's close to 280 pounds as a as a nose as a nose tackle, and uh, he, he's a junior. So he, those are guys that you might hear. Um, 
they have some young guys that are coming up pretty strong. Um, a guy like Nolan Cockrell, who was highly recruited out of Virginia, is playing a defensive end. And uh, uh, Kawina Bonsu is a guy to watch. He's a guy who had offers from Power 5 schools. He's a true sophomore. He's an athletic guy. He's probably around the 270 range and uh, has been looking pretty good in the preseason. So. You mentioned uh, Jay Bateman. Uh, timing, obviously, last year wasn't very good. Breaks the night before the Army-Navy game that he's headed off to be the new defensive coordinator for Mac Brown at North Carolina. In moves John Luce, who really, I mean, he's a member of the staff, just moves up in, in title. Um, but but Jay Bateman, what this Army defense was the last few years, you know, everybody you know talked to Coach Munkin about it last week. You know, you think Army football and you think triple option, but – This defensive side of the football, the playmaking defense that was Army the last few seasons under Jay Bateman, that was really one of the, I thought, the MVP of the entire team was that defense because they came up with play after play, key play, uh, time and time again. You lose a couple of those guys. James Nautical's gone. Gibby made you know his share of plays. You got a lot of guys back in the secondary. Is Cole Christensen really that guy, team captain, uh, you know, inside linebacker number 54? Is he really that guy that you look at to be the leader on defense and be that kind of playmaker again for this unit this year? Well, I think it's Cole, and they also have, you know, you can't forget Elijah Riley. Yeah. I mean, Elijah Riley is sure. one of the best. He's probably the best cornerback that I've seen Army have in uh, my, my time since 2007 on the beat. And you're talking, they had, uh, Josh Jenkins was a pretty good cor- corner when uh, when he was playing for Army, too. But uh, Elijah takes it to the next level. He's a very physical player. Um, he's a leader. He's a, he's a playmaker, you yeah. know, and, and, and you, ha- you talk about McClinton. I think that the, the trio of uh, Christensen, Riley and McClinton are going to be their playmakers. Um, you know, they, they like a, a couple of the young corners coming up. Um, Malcolm Morrison, they like. Um, he's had he's had a nice camp. Um, in the secondary, they're talking a lot about sophomore Cedric Cunningham, who was a big-time player out of the state of South Carolina when they recruited him. Um, so, you know, there are some guys. There are going to be some new names, of course, and uh, they're going to be a, a guy that you're going to hear a lot of probably is Eric Smith replacing Nautical. He's a sophomore. They like his uh, hard-nosed mentality. They like the, his ability to make plays uh, across the field. Um, you're going to hear those names a lot. And, and guys who are going to get a chance to seniors, like a guy like Jack King, who's paid his dues, he's battled through some injuries. He might get a shot about outside linebacker. A guy like Donovan Lynch, who's been a special teams player, he's a senior now. They're looking for guys like, you look at last year, a guy like Chandler Ramirez, who came in and got to start his senior year last year, who was just solid for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not have heard his name a lot, but he played his responsibility. That's what they talk about on defense, all 11 guys playing together. And they really are going to keep that personality that Jay Bateman built in this defense under John Luce. Um, you know, hearing from Cole Christensen, he, he he described one of his descriptions of the defense is savage, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think that's, all, that's really as far as you have to go there with describing the way they want to play. They want to keep um, offenses on their toes, no doubt. They're going to keep that attacking style going. All right, continue with Sal Interdonato again. Check out his work, blacknightnation.com, talking about Army and on the offensive side of the ball. We know Kelvin Hopkins Jr., uh, under center again, you got to have two quarterbacks. We know when you run the triple option, you take the kind of hits that these quarterbacks do. Army really has been pretty lucky the last couple of years, by and large, uh, on injuries when it came to the quarterback spot. But I mean, is it Christian Anderson, the guy behind Kelvin Hopkins Jr.? What, what is the situation at quarterback behind uh, the senior signal caller? 
No, you know, I think sophomore Jabari Laws has really stepped up in uh, in the spring in the preseason. He's mm-hmm. really handled the offense very well. I mean, he's got he reminds you a little bit of Cam Thomas from last year. You know, yeah. Cam Thomas was the backup last year. Um, he transferred to Jacksonville University, um, but Laws has a lot of playmaking ability. He seems to run the offense pretty well. Man, another guy who has just had a really successful high school career. His senior year in Maryland, he was the state um, offensive player of the year for USA Today. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's got a lot of skill there. He throws the ball very. He throws the ball very well. I think they're really confident. Munkin uh, was really had a lot of positive things to say about Laws after the scrimmage on Saturday for his camp and his performance. So I think that he's uh, the number two guy um, going into the opener, and I would think Christian Anderson's number three. And they have a slew of freshmen coming up. Yeah. Uh, that Munkin's pretty high on a, a kid by the name of Jamel Jones. who's really shown some really good things in the, in the preseason will probably be like a number four guy right now. Um, but I mean, they're, they're building the depth and, and this year price, they have a lot more bodies at quarterback. Sometimes yeah. they would go into camp with like four or five quarterbacks. Now with the freshman class, they're up to like eight or nine guys that they can work with and develop. And that's what the, the program's been all about developing players. So when they're, it's time, when they're called upon, they they have performed, and we've seen that even uh, two years ago with Kelvin Hopkins in that Temple game. Yeah. You know, so um, you know, they, they, I think they're pretty. Uh, I think they're pretty solid at the quarterback position behind the Hopkins. Actually, all right. I want to talk recruiting in just a second, but one more question about this current team offensively: Can this be a better offense, more high-powered, statistically better? Do you think that this offense has a chance to be better than it was last year? That's a tough question to answer because you look at the losses they had at fullback, you know, so um, they really have to they really have to feel that through with uh, Connor Slomka and Sandy McCoy um, stepping up to replace, not to replace, but to fill the roles of uh, that senior uh, trio, you know, of uh, Wolfolk, Davidson, Holt from last year. You know, when, when, when Kalen Holt was healthy and Andy Davidson got his, got his chance and Darnell Wolfolk was, you know, pounding the inside those three were hard, hard to stop, you know? And I think that, uh, that's what we really have to see. Um, you think that with all the receivers they have back and they have Kel Walker back, of course, that slot back, I thought his, uh, he should have an increased role this year in his senior year. You know, he should be more involved in the offense. They tried to get him to, uh, to take a couple snaps at quarterback. Um, you know, last year that didn't work. Um, I think there's some talent there, but they're going to miss it. They're going to miss the guys that they graduated. You know, Wolfolk Jordan Asbury is a guy, you know, that really made some big plays for them in a slot back role, but as a receiver. So, um, I guess it's a, it's, we'll see, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I, well, are they going to, um, our scoreboard's going to break this year for army. (laughs) Are they going to drop 70 on teams like they did on Houston? Um, there's the capability there, but you really have to see how that fullback position evolves. They have some young fullbacks price. I'll tell you, they have some fullbacks now that are weighing close to 250 pounds. Um, yeah. And uh, these are young guys like Jacoby Buchanan and Kalen bird. These are guys who are trying to get into that top four mix to prop, maybe get a carry here and there. But Munkin said they're, they're recruiting bigger fullbacks now. Um, because hey, they're going to be the lead blockers for the quarterback, and they're going to move the pile on those um, dive plays, you know. And a guy to watch, he's a little banged up right now, is freshman Anthony Atkins. Okay. Munkin, Munkin told me on Saturday he's six foot three and two hundred and forty pounds as a fullback, a true freshman fullback, wow. and he was a very good player. Um, 
a very good high school player, a guy who ran for 30 touchdowns his senior year, a guy who was a second team all state linebacker. I mean, he is a talent. And if, if, he, if he when he gets the full strength, I mean, I think that he'll see it'll be right in that fullback rotation. Wow. All right. Uh, let's talk recruiting real quick uh, before we let you go, Sal, because nobody covers really service academy cru- recruiting like you do. But obviously, Army is your focus. Success on the field, winning always translate more often than not on the recruiting trail. Just how much has that success on the field, winning the Commander-in-Chief trophy again, you know, owning Service Academy football the last couple of years? You know, we know that all three Service Academies go head-to-head, again, for so many of the same kids. How much is Army, how much is it, difference has it made, and how much is it now Army getting their, their pick of these kids, the best kids that all three are going after? Yeah, I think that they're, they're, winning, they're, they're winning the battles. They're winning some of the battles, but... I you know I think I, I repeat myself a little bit. They're not running all the battles. I think that Army success has uh, made Navy and Air Force step up their recruiting, you know, and uh, you know their their battles across the board. And honestly, yeah, Navy is winning some, and Army is winning maybe a little bit more than Air Force and Navy. But I think it's I think recruiting service academy recruiting is as competitive as I've seen it in my time on, on the beat. I mean, these these uh, all three schools are going after sometimes the same players. They're going after you know more high profile players than they have in the past. And I think that it that like I, I think Army success, if anything, has really caused all the all three academies to really step up their recruiting. Army's board is you know filled with thousands of, re- of recruits. The offers are in, in the hundreds, and uh, I think they're getting some players that have the, the Power Five guys. I mean, one guy that I'm, I'm really impressed that they got was Jackson Powell. Um, Jackson Powell is out of Beaufort, Georgia. His brother Dean is a sophomore guard who may be in the starting mix for Army this year. Jackson Powell had a bunch of Power Five offers, and uh, you know when it came down to it, he had um, multiple ACC offers. Yep. Um, and you know you're talking Virginia Tech teams like that. Who are Virginia Tech is a perennial top twenty team, you know. And uh, it came down to him. It came down to him from Army in Pittsburgh. He he told me, um, and he chose Army. And I mean that's that's a that tells you how far Army's um, recruiting has come. He, Ken Brinson, who just graduated from uh, from the academy, he was a guy who had his pick between Stanford and an Army, and he chose Army. And I think every year they get guys like that. They get more guys like that. You look, I, I talked about Bonsu, mm-hmm. who had some Power Five offers, and now you, you talk about a guy like a, a guy like Jackson Powell, um, a recruit like Jackson Powell, who will be you know uh, a, like a defensive end type linebacker for them. Um, it, it, it's it's starting to pay off, no doubt. But I think again the, the uh, service academy recruiting is as competitive competitive as it's ever been all right final question because you got to get out the door and uh you got you got things to do i one question for you uh, as we let you go mike buddy the new athletic director at army uh, have you had the chance to meet him uh reaction how how is he being received how much are you know just your any interaction you've had with him and, and thoughts from around uh you know around the around army uh in the campus about uh, their new athletic director yeah, I just uh, briefly, I briefly met him. Haven't really sat down with him and had an extensive conversation, but uh, just a definitely an engaging guy, a guy who's I think he's going to bring a lot of energy to the position. I think that you know Army has a lot of projects in in tow right now. Um, the stadium um, situation with with the renovation is still um, going to happen sooner than later, and um, 
they're, they got a new scoreboard coming up at the stadium. And I think that he just, um, there's an energy. I saw one of his Twitter posts the other day about taking the, um, the, 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 uh, the hike back or the walk back from, um, beast barracks with the cadets. And I think it's like 12 miles that they do back to West point and how much, um, energy there was and how much, um, I mean, he, he's becoming part of the brotherhood, so to speak, you know, and I think that he, he will see what his plans are for the Academy as they, as time goes on. But I think that it's a really good boost to, I think he brings a lot of, um, just a lot, a lot of energy and maybe some different thinking uh, than, than in the past at the Academy. I think it's going to be definitely a good hire. I mean, he has a lot of, um, he has a professional background in sports and I think that that will, um, help translate at, at the college level too. So. Sal, tell, tell everybody about BlackKnightNation.com, what they can find there. Yeah, um, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a basically a way for me to um, continue my blog, and uh, I, I want to just find a home for where I can post. I, I've had people reach out to me and wondering where the coverage has been, so I, I've shifted the coverage to a website called Black Knight Nation. It's, you'll see a lot of recruiting on there. You'll see um, you know, um, some, some scrimmage blogs that we're going to do some features. I, I got a video coming up on Ryan Parker, senior linebacker. Um, he's a guy who really wears his uh, patriotism on his sleeve. Literally, he got a new tattoo of the American flag on one of on his, uh, I believe right arm. Um, and he's a guy who's always been passionate about the cabbie. You'll find those video features. You'll find we're going to do some, where are they now? So we're going to connect with some former army players and find out what they're doing now and what they think about the program's progress. So, um, we were, we're on Instagram at black about black night nation too. Uh, you can find us pretty much on YouTube too. We're just going to provide a different, it's going to be more of a, um, you know, 2019 feel for coverage of the Army football team. So, Always appreciate the time, Sal. The season's here. Uh, can't wait to talk to you and see you again, my friend. Thanks a lot for having me. Again, Sal Interdonado covers Army, blackknightnation.com. Nobody does it like Sal. You can follow him on Twitter also at Sal Interdonado. When we come back, our Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll. You won't want to miss it. It's coming up next here on Yards and Stripes. As I've said before here on Yards and Stripes and many of our longtime listeners here uh, with this being season three have heard me say it, that uh, our Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment is my personal favorite segment about the podcast because it is a time to take a step back and say thank you to those who have given the ultimate sacrifice to our country because what the battles that are fought on those football fields on Saturday pale in comparison uh, to the battle of life and certainly uh, the battles that our military members fight uh, to preserve our freedoms and protect us at places here at home and, and around the globe and it's just the time we take a step back to say thank you to them for their uh, life of service. And certainly as we partner with the Travis Mannion Foundation once again for this segment, um, the Travis Mannion Foundation making a difference in local communities across the country. You can check out more information at travismannion.org. Uh, is making a difference in local communities through so many family members of fallen heroes who are active and carrying on the memory, one that Travis Mannion spoke before his final deployment, if not me, then who? And that legacy of service is just spread so far throughout the United States with the work of those families, of loved ones, friends, with the Travis Mannion Foundation. I encourage you to check out more about the Travis Mannion Foundation at travismannion.org. And this week, we're going to honor uh, Army Staff Sergeant Stephen Tony Bertolino Sr. Uh, Tony, known by his family and friends, uh, lost his life on November 
the 29th, 2003, uh, at the age of 40 years old, when the California native out of Orange, California, lost his life as the convoy uh, that he was in was attacked just about 100 miles shy of the Syrian border. And, you know, he gave his life as he was serving and assigned to the Aviation Intermediate Maintenance Troop, uh, the Regimental Support Squadron out of the 3rd Armored Cavalry Regiment based out of Fort Carson. Um, and he comes from a legacy of service. His father uh, served, uh, his grandfather served, and he wanted to follow in their footsteps of military service. And as his wife had mentioned, um, he was, when, when, quote, when the call came, he was more than ready, uh, end quote. And then she went on to say, you know, though he didn't like to be away from his family, he considered it an honor as well as his duty to fight for his country and the freedoms we have here. I don't know what else could be said, as she said right there, uh, as he has survived uh, by his wife and four children. Uh, but S Staff Sergeant Stephen Tony Bertolino uh, was a graduate, a 1982 graduate of Granite Hills High School in El Cajon, California, and as I mentioned, followed in that deep uh, service to uh, the military like his father and grandfather. Uh, he was actually deployed uh, in, at Hunter Army Airfield in Savannah, and it was there where he decided to volunteer as a reserve deputy sheriff with the Chatham County uh, Sheriff's Office, and one of his uh, former colleagues said, quote, he wanted to give service to the community in which he lived, and that's exactly what he did uh, in working there uh, as a reserve uh, deputy sheriff. So it, we take this step, step back to honor the memory and the life of Army Staff Sergeant Stephen Tony Bertolino Sr., who was just 40 years old when he gave the ultimate sacrifice on November the 29th, 2003, serving uh, the U.S. Army in our country in Operation Iraqi Freedom. Say thank you to him, but certainly his family and all his loved ones who are surviving him out in California and around the country. Travis Mannion Foundation unites communities to strengthen America's national character by empowering veterans and families of fallen heroes to develop and lead future generations. Through their 9-11 Heroes Run 5K race series, TMF unites communities across the country and around the world to honor the sacrifices of September 11th and the war since. Register to run, walk, or ruck at a race near you or as a virtual runner by visiting 911heroesrun.org. All right, that'll just about do it here on episode two of season three, Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football as we do this every single week from now through the beginning of January. A uh, new episode every single week on Wednesday. Appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to us this week. And you know what? If you like what we do here, if you like the podcast, if you enjoy it, go tell one friend. Go tell one college football friend. They may not be an Army, Navy, or Air Force fan per se, but I guarantee you if they give us a shot, they might enjoy the content we deliver here. We might make them a fan of one of the, one of the three teams or all three of them in Service Academy football in general. So uh, subscribe, download, listen. Uh, so many of you, uh, the feedback I get every single week, it's just outstanding. Uh, you know, really appreciate everybody just taking that time to listen to us every week and, you know, just make us a part of your uh, your week as you get ready. Uh, wrap up one weekend of games and get ready for another. Uh, but we got a whole lot more coming up next week. By the way, subscribe, download, listen, but most importantly, give us a rating too. 
Uh, rate, rate how we do. Uh, if you like, if you like the podcast, uh, we'll take five stars. Four is fine, but ratings on iTunes uh, help other people find it a lot easier. So please subscribe, download, listen, and then give us a rating too. I uh, want to hear your feed, hear and see your feedback. All right, that's gonna do it uh, for us here. We got another episode coming up next week. Is next week we will be in kickoff week. And next week, we will talk with Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo, Brett Brigaman from the Colorado Springs Gazette. We'll have those interviews for you next week right here on Yards and Stripes. But again, I'm Price Atkinson. I want to thank Coach Troy Calhoun from the Air Force Academy. Also, Sal Interdonato covers Army for BlackKnightNation.com, uh, one of the best there is. Thanks for, to them for joining us and also the support of the Travis Mannion Foundation. We will be back again next week. As next week, we will be officially in kickoff week. Until then, we'll talk then. I'm Bryce Atkinson. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. To get more on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And as always, you can subscribe to Yards and Stripes on iTunes and Stitcher. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football.